You're listening to Established, a podcast at Chess Mountain Church. What's up, y'all? This is Kelsey Jones, and I'm here with my co-host, Brandon Bridge Farmer. What's up? Which, What's up? It feels good to not be the host. Come to on. just be the co-host. <laughs> Well, I feel like as the host, I have full authority to exercise my right to refer to him as BB because mm, how fair. many people, if I shout out Brandon, are going to know it's you? 50-50 shot. Probably none. No one really knows that that's my name. I think everyone thinks my name is uh, BB, like legitimately. Truthfully. I mean, and, it's... And they want to know what BB stands for, so... Mm, I mean, it's all I've ever really heard you referred to as, My whole so. life. I will never be a real adult. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's why you're the guy that is so fit to teach this. It's because you're never going to be a real adult. And so there's great <laughs> hope for us in receiving your teaching and your knowledge, man. Well, this is awesome. I'm so excited to be back doing the podcast and having these conversations, man. Um, it's been a really cool season getting to walk through Establish and getting to walk through mm just the different beliefs that we have as Christians and taking ownership of them. And so much of the heart behind what we do is helping us know why we believe what we believe and why it should matter for us to actually do the work to grow in knowledge. That's good. And I, I was going to tell a joke or, you know, ask a funny <laughs> question, but you know what, honestly, I'm just there. So let's go there. Let's go there. So I want to start by sharing Proverbs 24, three that says by wisdom a house is built and by understanding it is established mm -hmm. you good. know i felt like maybe that was the verse where we adopted our name from bb is confirmed that it is not but it it, it feels is a part smooth. of it though it, it is the heartbeat of it is. it's the heartbeat of what we do and establish though. absolutely so this verse man what is it about wisdom and understanding that's so important in our heart behind established yeah, so I think it is so important. So my heartbeat for the church, and as a as a student of of learning who God is, is I want people to know why they believe what they believe. Yeah, and I don't want people just to be like, "Man, I believe this because someone told me I should believe it." Hmm. Um, and I think for a lot of us, that's our our um, that's where a majority of our faith rests. It's just someone told me I should believe this. It feels right. I believe it. And I think the tune of point there is that is faith. But the reality is we can know God. God has revealed himself to us and we can know him fully. And <clears throat> so when I think about this verse, um, what does it mean to be a stat? Like it's good to have understanding. Right. But or like to have this wisdom, but like to, to be established in it, to be rested in it, to be grounded in it. Yeah. And the reality is for the believer, we can, we can be established in our knowledge of who God is and our understanding of God um, with, with some mystery, but we can have answers to our questions and right. we can. So when someone confronts us on why do we believe what we believe, we as believers should be able to give an account to that, give an answer to that. And so, um, and the beauty of like, it's not just um, to be established on something to, is to be rooted in it and to be yep. firmly placed there. And so uh, the heartbeat of what we're doing isn't just about having more knowledge. Right. 
um, but it, to affect us to the point where we can stand firm in it. I think I think it's too easy to be a believer in the in America. I think it's just really it doesn't cost us anything. Mm. And for most places in the world to say I trust Jesus and give my life to Him would cost me everything. Yeah. So we should. If that's the case, and it could be the case for us one day, like, should we not know why we believe what we believe? Mm. I think we should. And I think we should be able to give an account for why we believe it. Oh, absolutely. So important. And so much of the goal behind what we do at Establish is not only growing in knowledge, but also deepening in our love for God. That based out of the growing of knowledge and the way that the word penetrates my mind, that it also deepens my heart. Yeah, that's good. And so much of that is coming from a place of, man, we we not only desire for people to know why they believe what they believe, Mm -hmm. um, but this term biblical literacy is huge, and we talk about it often. Kind of help explain to to our listeners, BB, what, what is biblical literacy? Why does it matter? Yeah, so biblical literacy, being able to, um, to read the text and understand it. Um, and, and no, so like have, um, to not get like super academic. Cause I'm not like when it came to school, uh, English and literature and all that was not my forte. Mm. Um, I actually don't know what was, I don't know what I was actually good at in school. <laughs> Such a sad moment. Such a sad moment. Just gym, hit me. I probably. wasn't a great, <laughs> were you good at gym <laughs> class? I don't know. Been Some a, classic dog. I've been a chunky kid my whole Stop. life. So, uh, <laughs> I was good at history, I think. Anyways, um, <laughs> being able to like to know, um, like we, when we think of the scripture, I think we oftentimes just think of it as multiple stories or life lessons, or it's written to me. Yeah. And um, to be able to read the Bible the way the Bible was meant to be read, hmm. and understand um, the purpose of it. So like. If I'm if I'm reading the Gospel of Matthew, like why how's Matthew writing this text, right. and why is Matthew so different than John? Or if I'm reading the Psalms, if I'm in Psalm 18 or whatever it is, mm-hmm. what what's going? Because now I'm dealing with like poetry, and I'm doing dealing with like um, a completely different writing. Genesis is a lot different than the Book of. Um, the book of song of Solomon or something like that. So it's it's like, we need to know why the book was written, who's written to. And so like, it's so important to know, um, that the, the Bible is written by tons of different authors and different types of literature. Right. But being able to read the Bible for what the Bible is actually saying. Um, I think we live in a, in a culture that has lost the art of knowing how to pick that book up and read it for ourselves. Um, The amount of conversations I've had, and I've been guilty of this in my life. Like I'm definitely not um, the expert on anything, but how many people have never read through, never read through the Bible, but even that's not as common as like, haven't read through like a book in the Bible. I haven't read an entire book in the Bible. It's like, how are we supposed to know God? Right. And, and what are we doing if we're not like we live in the like in a culture where we have so much access to scripture, right? right. It's free. Um, we can get it on our phones. We can get it on the internet. We can. 
And we don't know, and this is God we're speaking of. God has revealed himself to us through his scripture. Yeah. And we treat it as if we don't need to know him. Hmm. We wouldn't treat that with any other relationship in our life if we could have full understanding of him. Man. And um, so I want people to be able to, to know, to have an understanding of the scripture because it's available. Yeah. And to know that it's written like, Revelation is a very different book than James. Right. And um, it's still profitable to me. It's still yep. important for me. But I got to know, I love the Matt Chandler quote of, uh, it cannot mean for me what it did not mean for them. And Absolutely. so I'm, I can't pull stuff out and make it apply to my life when it didn't, that's not what the original author was trying to say through by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and for so, sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So there's a lot to go in that. Jen Wilkin, we'll always give her shout outs. Come on. Um, men, I want you to read, um, even though it's not, it doesn't seem like it's for you because of the title, but Women of the Word. Man. It really should just be people of the word. Yeah, for sure. Um, you just have to get over some of the illustrations. But like the book is so valuable to be able to pick up. Yeah. Understand how to read the Bible and do it with purpose. Like yeah. no one's reading if you're reading a novel right now or whatever, <clears throat> you're not flipping to page like 87 and picking one line out of it. Right. Read the flipping thing in its entirety. That's right. That's right. Man, it's interesting you're talking about you know, constantly having conversations with other people. And yeah. I get to have conversations with young women a lot, especially uh, high school girls. And had a conversation with a few girls last week, um, just challenging them to read scripture and what does it mean to really know God like you've just come to know him through salvation what's the next step right because discipleship is a process it's a groaning yeah and just kind of asked her the question have you ever read through Mm -hmm. a book of the bible and she told me no that she had never done that before and I asked her kind of what her time looked like and it was you know, very topical, or I look up a verse and then I try to read what's before and after that. So like there are good things to what she's trying to do, but even just lacking having read through a book in its entirety and how much is missed by that approach, which, man, I think is such a segue to the next thing I really want you to hit on, BB. But, you know, that conversation, if I had not sat down with this girl and she had shared with me what Mm -hmm. Bible study looked like for her. Mm -hmm. Um, It would have never been brought to the surface that maybe there's another approach I should try. Right. So there's such an importance for theology and community, having these conversations with other believers, um, whether it's discipleship relationships or it's around round tables, like what we're doing on Wednesday night. So if you could talk a little bit about this theology and community and why, why is it so important is it bad for me to do it by myself? Is it bad for me to seek the Lord in my own time? Should I only be doing it mm. around tables? Like what pros, cons kind of hit me with both. It's great. I One, um, it is so important to know, like you're talking about reading context. Uh, context is king when it comes to scripture because uh, we have to know too that um, all of heresies, every heresy has been birthed um, any Christian heresy um, has been birthed out of a misrepresentation of the mm. scripture. Mm-hmm. So the beauty of like, yes, you should seek God in your quiet time by yourself. You should read scripture alone, but you should never do it solely alone. Man. And so um, because we need to like, 
we need community. God created us for community. We were never meant to do this alone. We were right. never meant to um, isolate ourselves. And when we isolate ourselves, the reality is, I know for me, I'm I'm my greatest enemy. Hmm. Um, it's not the people around me. It's not the people that want to harm me. It is, it is my internal thoughts. And so um, I can want to make Scripture say what I want it to say. Right. And I have that tendency, especially when something rubs me yep. wrong. Um, when I let my feelings get in the way of understanding God. So uh, I want, scripture says that his ways are higher than my ways and his right. thoughts are, are his, are, they're greater than mine. And so like, and Psal- the psalmist tells us that he sits in heaven and does as he pleases. Hmm. And so if this is who God is, he's absolutely, and I'm, if I'm sinful, then he's going to come across me. The beauty of community and why we believe I believe so deeply in theology and community is we get to sharpen one another yeah we see things differently we have we bring our own uh, our own culture into it we bring our own preferences we bring our own opinions right and then we can sharpen one another and so um, and we grow like I think we've created this idea too in church that we have to always agree on everything and we can yeah. never have any dialogue that isn't like, yeah, that's absolutely right. And yeah. keep encouraging that. And there is, there's joy in, in pushing back and learning and, um, and like, um, it holds each other accountable. There's right. things that we disagree on and yeah. that's fine. As long it's as healthy. we agree on the main things. Yeah. Um, and so we want to keep the main thing, the main thing. Come on. And so, but like at the end of the day, like there's open-handed and we'll get into it throughout the season, yeah. but open-handed doctrines that we can disagree on right? and still love one another and still go after the same goal. Yeah. And um, so theology community allows us to grow deeper. It allows us to, um, it allows us to see things that maybe we, we've just, uh, we don't actually see in the text. We've just been told. Yep. And, um, and those are helpful. Those are really good points. Those are going to be pain points for us at times. Yeah. Um, but it's the reality is like there's some things that we've made biblical <laughs> that are just traditional. Yeah. And um, and those are difficult sometimes to see, but they're good. And so theology and community helps us to grow. And so when we get to sit at a table, especially when we've done the work beforehand. That's right. And prepared and we've heard teaching and we've. And then we get to like discuss it where it's like, man, I'm not the, there's no expert in the room. Yeah. Um, like even when I'm teaching, I don't want to feel like the expert. There's tons of stuff that I don't know the answer to. Yeah. But we can seek it together. That's right. And then, um, and, may, and maybe your perspective on it cha- like helps me understand it deeper. That's right. And then I grow. And um, like, I even love like some of the conversations where you have someone that is sitting at a table that man, some of this stuff might feel like it's over their head and someone's like, man, I wish we'd even go deeper. And then those two are getting to like have conversations outside of the room. Yeah. That's the win. Right. It's like, um, this is for everyone. Theology is for everyone. Everyone is somehow a theologian. Yeah. It's just some are bad. (laughs) Like when the reality is a theologian just means you think about God, you've studied in God. So everyone, even the atheist is somehow a theologian. They just don't yeah. believe there is a God. Yeah. So if this is true, if, if Jesus is who he says he is, then we should all want to know the real version of him. That's right. And so we should do that together. Man. And and I love that you said it. To you who is listening, whether you've 
been to establish faithfully or you just started coming this semester or maybe you've never been a day in your life mm. and maybe you never will but i want you to know that establishes for everybody that's right um it is an adult community but we've got every age represented yeah. in the room and one of the things that i have so deeply treasured about being a part of established is i get to sit at tables with people that i might never have a relationship with. I have no reason to know them yeah. well, but I watch them wrestle through the same things in scripture that I'm wrestling through. That's great. And I get to hear a completely different perspective than the one that I bring to the table. And I mean, I think about it from Proverbs that is iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. And, and that's what it's for yeah. is we're supposed to have that yeah. rub and like you say all the time, like you want to create that tension. It's healthy yeah. and it doesn't need to be avoided. And so there's a place for you at our tables at Establish. That's good. There, there's a place for everybody. It doesn't matter how seasoned you are, how knowledgeable you may or may not be. It is for the believer yeah. that wants to know God. Yeah. We are all trying to grow in knowledge and love of the Father. Yeah. And so here we are walking into a new season of Establish that I am personally really, really excited for, um, equally really nervous about this, <laughs> this topic of, of Christian belief and what that looks like. And so much of it is boiling down to doctrine. Yeah. And so I want to share this quote from Eric Thonis, I think is how we say it. Listen, with confidence. Eric Thonis, like I know him because <laughs> he's a homie, uh, looked his name up so many different pronunciations. That's the one I'm sticking with. Don't ask me in person. Eric, out of you the listen, kindness of your heart. Shoot us a voice Shout memo with how you I'm say so your name. <laughs> Man, but my dog Eric <clears throat> has a quote that says, Doctrine equips people to fulfill their primary purpose, which is to glorify and yeah. delight in God through a deep, personal knowledge of him. Hmm. Meaningful relationship with God depends on correct knowledge of him so bb yeah doctrine why does it matter that we know god correctly yeah and doctrine just means belief and it's a um so when we say doctrine we're talking about like what we believe right and so that is everything hmm. um because the reality is what we believe shapes who we are, mm. shapes what we do. It shapes where we go. Um, it changes everything. And so we shouldn't know why we believe what we believe. Because at the end of the day, we're talking about if we if we truly understand the gospel, we're talking about heaven and hell. We're talking about relationship with God or uh, the wrath of God. And so, um, you know, the reality is if we get this stuff wrong, we get God wrong. We get our life wrong. Like uh, we end up falling apart. And so doctrine matters because Christ has made himself known. God has made himself known. And so we want to know why we should like the right things about him. Right. Um, because if, if the end of the day, if, uh, if my neighbor doesn't know Christ, doesn't know Jesus, and I believe the scriptures, then if he dies, he goes to hell. Not because God's mean, but because God's just. And right. we'll get, we can get into that later down the road when we get into sin and humanity and all that. But um, 
if I get this wrong, if the idea is like everyone gets to go to heaven, universalism, blah, 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 then it changes how I live. It's not important to tell anyone they mm-hmm. get to go. But if it is, then I need to know, like, it's not just okay to just attend church and whatever happens, happens. And But like, I want to know deeply the things of God. So doctrine yeah. matters because God matters. Yeah. And my understanding of him changes everything about me. That's right. If it doesn't change, if what you believe doesn't actually change you, then you don't believe it. That's right. Um, I, I used to use the illustration. I feel like I, maybe I still do. I'm, I'm doing it now, so I still do. <laughs> if I believe eating healthy, exercising is important for my health. Yep. And I just give verbal consent to that. But nothing changes. That's right. If I continue to eat poorly, continue to just sit on the couch and watch Netflix or whatever it is, then I don't actually believe it because it hasn't affected me. Hmm. I've just given lip service to it. But if I believe it and I start working, like I'm going to do something about it. Right. Uh, So the reality is if I believe that God is worth everything, if he is true, if he has made himself known and has given us answers to our questions, then I'm going to do everything I can to know him. Yeah. And so I'm going to pursue doctrine. And I don't have to pursue it. For for the listener, you don't have to be a wanting to go to seminary or yeah. to want a PhD or to to just nerd out on everything Christian. You should, But you want to know your Bible. Yeah. And as, the reality is doctrine comes from what we read in Scripture. Yeah. We just put it in neat packages to help you understand it better. Right. So... Uh, what we're studying right now is more of systematic theology where we're taking a big topic and saying, this is what the Bible says about that. Yeah, that's great. So we're going to kind of work through these four different categories. uh, And BB had this fantastically drawn bullseye for us (laughs) to look at. And so it's working its way from the inside out. So the first thing is talking about absolutes and then a ring around absolutes is convictions, Mm. then opinions, then questions. And so throughout the course um, of the next, what, there's 12 12 weeks. weeks. Yeah. With an intro and closing. So really 10 weeks of study. But the course of a 12 weeks span, if you will, working through, you know, like you had made mention to earlier, what are the close-handed things mm-hmm. that we have to agree on because they are the core foundation of our faith versus what's open-handed doctrine where it gives me the opportunity to assess what Scripture says and to also interpret it yeah. for myself and then form a knowledgeable conclusion yeah. based off of those two things. So yeah. it's exciting to know that there is room here to work through things. And there's also plenty of room to adapt our thinking, to be open-minded to other people's opinions and perspectives. And like you've already made mention to, instead of that being something that makes me shy away or like want to hide, like this is so painful to listen to because I don't know what to do with it. Um, No, instead it should make me ask the question like, why do they feel so strongly about mm-hmm. it? And why does that rub within me? Is that actually truth or is it founded on truth? And then go seeking yeah. for answers, right? So really excited to work through those things. That's and good. Man, I'm just looking at 
the things that we've already gotten to experience, the things we've already gotten to talk to. And I love this quote too much not to mention it from B.B. Warfield, another great B.B. Um, the better B.B. I don't know. Questionable. Uh, but it is all in danger of becoming common to you. God forgive you. You are in danger of becoming weary to God. And that's so true of us that if we're not mm-hmm. seeking to devour the word and let it change us from the inside out because God changes us from the inside out, then what what's the point? Yeah. What's the point of any of it? And you had made note and had really shared from a super vulnerable place, which I really appreciated, um, talking about how knowing God is really what helps us in the dark night of our soul. Like yeah. I can recall in my life, I know you can recall in your life, um, just when things were really ugly yeah. and things got tough and are those not such vulnerable yeah. places for the enemy to come out for us? And if I didn't know at the mm-hmm. core of my soul who God is and mm-hmm. that I can trust that he is who he says that he is and that his word does not go void, a lot of my dark nights might've looked really different, would yeah. they not? Yeah. That it is so important that when all the emotions come in, when circumstances become unexplainable in our lives, that we've got to build a firm foundation That's good. that knows with assurance, man, yeah. my, my faith has got to ride on this at all costs. Yeah. But to believe it for myself, not because BB's told me to believe it, so, and he's a good teacher that's convinced me, and there's yeah. no other way. But no, BB's teachings aren't going to last me in the moment where I feel like the darkness has overwhelmed yeah. me, but the light of Christ that is living in me, because the Word is a lamp into my feet and the light to my path. That's so the good. thing that makes the difference. Yeah. And so, man, I'm I'm excited. I'm expectant. Yeah. expectant for this and what it's going to do in the hearts of our people and want to kind of sum up our time today by asking this question because I, I want you guys to get to hear BB's heart on this but when you think about studying doctrine Sir Bridge Farmer <laughs> what excites you about this and what is it that intimidates you about this especially from a teaching perspective yeah um, well it's the beauty of like we want to be we want to be absolute on the absolutes like, yeah. and we want to fight for them and contend for them. But also there's convictions that we fight for. Yeah. Uh, we can love people that disagree over our convictions and then it's knowing the difference. Right. Um, and so a lot of times our absolutes are going to be like, what, what rest, what does our salvation rest on? Yeah. Um, and what is, and then we, so baptism is a conviction, yeah. not an absolute. Um, anyway, so not there. What excites me, what, um, what intimidates me, excites me is like it, the exciting thing for me, especially being the teacher is, um, is getting to see people's like light bulbs go off so good. of like, oh wow. Like I never knew why we, or like, you know, we're about to teach the Trinity and, and for people to understand the complexity, but the beauty and why it's absolute that we believe that God is triune. That's right. And, um, and so like seeing these, these moments of like, man, this is why we believe what we believe. And there's an answer to it. Like I get so fired up to see people get excited about 
something that for a lot of people, they just see it as like academic and it's just for certain people. And it's, right. it's just for the pastor. It's just for the leader. It's not for the, the, just the everyday follower of Christ. And it's like, no, 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 no. Absolutely. You should know. Like I would never want, like if I'm, you know, I married my wife, I want to continually get to know her and know more about her. There's more to know. And so I wouldn't just get married and leave her alone. So that's what excites me is getting to see that come on. I, I am learning more and more every time I get ready to teach these things. That's the beauty. It's like I get to be the lifelong learner. That's right. And that you alluded to that, the beauty of the round table is I, the other part of that is you have the 70 year old sitting with the 20 something year old and it's like, that's awesome. Yep. And they're both learning. That's right. No one's arrived. Yep. And so, uh, those are a few of the things that excite me. There's tons about it. Intimidating is, um, a lot of times there's moments that can be, there's a lot of, there's a lot of preferences and opinions that come out. Yeah. And so, um, I had to fight that on my own soul to go, mm. we're going to fight for the absolutes, present the convictions and arguments. Right. And, and really opinions. And, um, and then go, I don't have to like, I don't have to die on the hill of some of my convictions and some of my opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think of uh, Gavin Ortland wrote a book called finding the right hills to die on. Right. And it's such a good resource to know how you can, um, really what to fight for and how to fight for it and how to like not fight for some things. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we fight over stuff that is like third tier and we fight over opinions. So I get intimidated. Like when, um, yeah, th- some of that it's the, there's a lot of intimidating too coming from, uh, being 31 and teaching on big doctrine. And so, <laughs> Uh, I don't take it lightly because I know what's at stake. Yeah. So I want to be prepared. I want, so those are the things that intimidate me. Also, um, I want to be right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Salvation, doctrine of salvation. When we get into that, like the arguments on both sides of those camps, a lot of times can be intimidating, Hmm. but we want to, I want to present them and be faithful to go. These are the arguments. This is what scripture says. Now you wrestle with it. So good. And the tension of it. Like, I don't want to run from the tension. Hmm. I love it. Well, I'm so excited to see the things that God does in the individual hearts of those who are a part of Established. And just want to invite you that we meet for Established every Wednesday night at 630 in the main auditorium. And there's room for you. Come on. There's room for you. There's a seat for you at these tables and would encourage the listener to don't be afraid to sit at a table that makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. And don't be afraid to build a relationship with someone that looks nothing like you and has experienced something very different than you. That's great. I think you'll find that there is much more to be learned in (laughs) those spaces than there are the ones where you just comfortably sit with your friends. So we want you there. We would love to see you there. And would love to have you guys back tuning in as we talk next week about the doctrine of revelation, not the book of revelation, <laughs> the doctrine of revelation and that clarity is good and necessary and I'm here for it. So it. man, we're, we're excited and so expectant. And so until next time, move slow, get low and keep your eyes on Jesus. We love y'all. Bye.